Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we talk with the writers and editors of the Door County Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? Good, Andrew. How are you doing? Good. Uh, you won't hear it in the final take, but I did mess up that intro several times today. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you're out of out of your element. A I'm out bit. of practice a little bit. Miles, we have so much to talk about. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on in the county over the last couple of weeks, so we're going to kind of round up some of it today. We'll round up some more of it on Friday, and we'll uh, try to catch up on all of the news that's been going on. But first, before we jump into that, how was your Labor Day? My Labor Day was great. It was a big weekend. My wife organized a farm dinner to benefit a nonprofit farm up on Washington Island, so we got to spend a day up there to help raise some money for the Gathering Ground Farm. And... It was beautiful up there. Just had a great day chilling out with friends and family. What about yourself? Uh, I had a pretty slow Labor Day, which was nice. I uh, got to kind of spend time at home. My wife and I had a dog for about five years that passed away a couple weeks ago, and we got a new puppy. So oh, you did? Was, yes, so I was That's with him awesome. over the weekend. So he's, his name is Bailey. Uh, he's another Yorkie. He's slowly acclimating to our older dog, Oscar, and you know things are getting together, but... They've become friends and they've started cuddling with each other to go to sleep and all that kind of stuff. So it was a good weekend of hanging out with dogs and taking it easy for a little bit. That's awesome. I'm really happy for you guys. I know I was really sorry when you unexpectedly lost your puppy. Yeah, Um, it was tough. And then, so now you are legitimately going back into the puppy world. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And we, uh, it was, it's, the timing is, is really interesting because, uh, me and my wife are due for a baby in December. So we're trying to like sneak this puppy in and try to get him. You know, all. you just want to clobber yourselves. I know we've got a new puppy. We've got a baby on the way. It's all sorts of stuff. But uh, <laughs> we we came to the realization that we're a two dog family, and uh, things were just they felt wrong and they were really confusing for a little bit. So now I got a new puppy, and That's awesome. uh, he's been he's been pretty great so far. Congratulations! Thank you. Uh, speaking of Labor Day, do you feel like this year's Labor Day was a little bit more busy or a little bit less busy than years past? I felt like Friday it seemed slower. Honestly, like it, there wasn't as much traffic coming up as I thought there would be. And then Saturday, bouncing around Sister Bay and seeing the long lines at the Piggly Wiggly in the morning and, and backed up with cars up the hill, I was like, oh, here they all are. So I don't know. Maybe they just came up later. Maybe I just happened to miss it. Maybe they stopped in Egg Harbor on their way and I didn't see them farther north. But. Yeah, I traveled a little bit to Sturgeon Bay over the weekend and didn't really run into too much traffic. So I thought maybe it might be slower. I'd also heard from a couple of business owners that they're... Numbers were a little bit down from years previously, hmm. and I'd wondered maybe if it had something to do with students going back to school earlier this year. I know at Augsburg, my alma mater, they went back to school on the 3rd, or the 4th is when classes began. Whereas when I was in school, I'm pretty sure we didn't go till the second week of September. So yeah. I wonder if that has something to do with it. So many places have moved that timeline up, and high schools have, especially in Illinois, have moved it to mid-August. So maybe it's pecking away at the end of August, maybe even the Labor Day crowd. All right, so let's jump into the news. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about in Sister Bay. 
what all of it kind of surrounding development and stuff like that. So why don't we kind of start with the big new bit of news. There's a proposed condo for Sister Bay on top of the hill, right? Yeah, Sister Bay, or if you read the Facebook comments, the city that never sleeps. Um, it, that's what it is now? <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, man, I remember no, I when just, Sister Bay was so quaint. <laughs> just so many people. You would think that it was Mardi Gras there every day from reading Facebook. But the village has tried to get a development going at what used to be the old Sister Bay Elementary School that was located on the top of the hill, like as you where 57 and 42 diverge. There's a little plot of land up there. That school has been closed since the late 80s. Then it became the preschool for a long time. And then for a while, it was just kind of like they had some workout equipment in there for like the fire department. And for the last 10 years or so, it's been part of this development plan to get some sort of housing up there to generate tax base. There was a plan. Al Goki, who has done a couple of other developments in town, had guaranteed that he was going to build by 2015, then it became 2018. Nothing's been built there. They've been they've cleared land. He originally had a development proposal for five residential homes, and that has switched to now two nine-unit condominiums up there. So probably in some, probably a similar footprint, just squished a little closer together. But I'm sure it's going to generate a lot of debate in Sister Bay because what he has proposed is the same design as was used at the Marina View condominiums right across from Marina, the big white building in town. and The one that just kind of popped up one day? Is yeah. Is the one you're talking about? <laughs> the one that was built pretty rapidly. The idea of having two, not quite as big as that, because that one's a 12-unit condominium, but two nine-unit ones that look similar to that on the top of the hill is sure to cause a lot of debate. Me personally, if I were the village, I would push him to at least change the design a little bit. I wouldn't want the village to just be bookended by two of these same exact cookie-cutter buildings. Right. Just kind of look cheap, tacky, I don't know. The the one by the marina, that has changed the look of Sister Bay. Like, when you're coming down the hill, you see it. So it definitely has changed what the village looks like yeah. as you're entering it. I know where this property is, but I couldn't describe it. You know what I mean? Like, I have yeah. no idea what's actually there, if anything. I mean, would you notice this development on your way to Sister Bay? You probably wouldn't notice it coming down the hill. You might notice it coming up the hill, but there's a lot of trees. It depends kind of how they lay it out. You would probably notice it from the north end driving south. It would stick out, and probably more prominently, you'd notice it from the water. But honestly, only a fraction of people are out on the water at any given time. So it's it's more about that look from probably the north heading south on the road. It's not bad. For my mind... Squeezing development into a smaller place rather than spreading it out among five single-family homes, it leaves you more pervious surfaces. It it helps in a, a number of ways. It does generate that tax base. It's going to bring in more dollars if they sell, and, and it seems like those condominiums are more likely to sell. I just wouldn't want the village to give away the farm to this guy, and I would hope they make plenty of demands on what that looks like. Because there are some simple things that they could have done at the Marina View location that would have made that a little bit more palatable for some people. I mean, people are going to complain about anything because we're Door County and we complain about anything that changes, myself included. But, you know, even a tree or two on the south end of that building would buffer the look of that from the top of the hill and make it not as jarring to so many people. So that sort of thing on the top of the hill, taking some consideration into that for those developers would probably make a big difference. 
So the other kind of big development proposal that's going on, and, and this story may have been building for years kind of slowly, but now there's, there seems to be definite movement on it, is the Casperson property. Right. Yeah, there's a kind of a, I, I hate to call it even a proposal. There is a concept plan that a guy brought forward last week's plan commission, or two weeks ago, plan commission meeting for Sister Bay, that laid out a, a general idea for what he wanted to do at the Casperson property. As people might recall, the funeral home business itself, the Casperson family sold the business to Hewn's Funeral Home in Surgeon Bay. And then they work with Hewn's now to continue doing funerals. The building is still for sale. It's still owned by Greg Casperson's family. They have watched very closely some of the other concessions given to other developments. In the Marina View case, they did not require them to put any commercial on the first floor of that condominium complex. That's 12 units. That's two doors down from the Casperson property. At the Door Hotel property, which has yet to be developed, they made a concession to reduce the number of retail units from six to two to help them get that off the ground. Um, Mark, I believe it's Mark, Armbruster, came forward with a plan to develop the Casperson property into 20 condominium units and then no commercial on the highway and have some commercial, if you're familiar with the property, there's like a pond behind there because it's kind of wetlands. And they would put some commercial in the back by that pond. The plan commission was not keen on that idea because they want to have commercial on the street to keep that lively street scene. And the more you start to not require commercial, and that commercial might be transient lodging like a hotel or it could be shops, it could be restaurants, art galleries, whatever. When you don't have that, you're setting a standard for developers to say, well, what's the best way to get the easiest, quickest return on my investment? And commercial property isn't the easiest, quickest way to get that. Residential is. So anybody looking to do anything in town would start to just do residential. And you see this. This is what the developers aim for. Every single one of them keeps trying to needle the system to try and get more residential more condominium building and less commercial. So there's a reason the village does this because if somebody came in and bought grassies, you wouldn't keep it a restaurant unless it was from a financial standpoint, you'd probably try to turn it into condos. So you wouldn't want that all through town because then you don't have that commercial hub. That's one of the things that Ephraim's always lacked. They've always had a lot of lodging, a couple of restaurants. So all those people go to Ephraim, stay there, and then go spend their money elsewhere. Right. So... One of the things that we had talked about when we talked about the proposed door hotel in Sister Bay, because Sister Bay has such high occupancy rates, you could argue that more lodging would be appropriate for right. Sister Bay. How does that argument shake out for condos? That's a really good question because right now with the Airbnb market, a lot of people are saying, well, I can build condos and there's a bigger market for them because now people can hypothetically pay their mortgage by renting it out, say, 10, 12 times a year. Maybe 12 weekends, maybe 12 weeks. Maybe it's more than that, maybe it's less. I'm just throwing out a number. But anybody who looks at a house in Door County now says, oh, maybe I can subsidize my homeownership or my vacation homeownership by renting it out to some degree. Well, that sounds good, although there is a question of whether or not we're starting to hit a saturation point with Airbnbs. I've talked to some people who work in the vacation home rental market, and they are saying that there are so many now that it's harder to get enough rentals to make it worthwhile and cover your mortgage with it. So it is starting to hit a tipping point where is there enough demand to fill all those? Put it this way. There are 25,000 housing units in Door County. Half of those are not occupied year-round. 
all of those are potential Airbnb vacation rental units. Right now, there's only about 500 on the market at any given time. So even if that 500 doubles to 1,000, you might be looking at a lot less money for those individual homeowners to subsidize that housing investment. So I don't know that there is that demand for the condos, but Airbnb has kind of pushed the value and the interest in those higher because, heck, if you even if you were just going to rent it three times and you got 2500 bucks from that, well, maybe I can pay all my property taxes that way. And maybe I can have a vacation home. And then if I do it triple that, now I've paid for the maintenance and improvements on my property maybe. So it's going to be a really interesting thing to watch in the next couple of years. Well, the other thing that I see a lot is, especially whenever we talk about a property being turned into condos, there's always a criticism of that. And there's always lively debate online uh, and in person. My question then is, uh, when people come back and they say, like, why does it have to be condos? Why can't it be affordable housing units? Could these properties even be affordable housing units? The Pulse has done a lot of work to uh, try to figure out different solutions to the affordable housing issue in Door County. But like when it comes to these like right on the road properties, is affordable housing even an option? No. I mean, not without massive subsidies from either the village, federal or state government or some benevolent sponsor. But it really doesn't make sense to have some of these prime spots used for affordable housing in this instance. Because in a case like Sister Bay, there is a very small, in spite of how we think of it as like so much development and so much retail availability, it's really a small stretch of highway where you can feasibly have a successful commercial enterprise. So it doesn't make sense to always fill that in with residential or affordable housing when you could always just do that one block inland and get the same effect. Um, for a lot less money. And then from a tax perspective, you build some sort of residential or commercial property there, you're going to get much more in taxes back because you would have to subsidize that affordable housing to such a crazy degree. Now, the other part of that question is, someone building a hotel, does that mean somebody else can't do affordable housing? No, you can still do both. Any business that opens doesn't preclude another business from opening except on that particular piece of property. So there's still a lot of room to do stuff. Another thing to keep in perspective, you always need to watch how your community is developing, especially when you're in when you're in such a fragile ecosystem and finite space that Door County has on a peninsula. So you do want to watch how it develops. You want to maintain your character and protect it. But right now there is a proposal for a hotel in Sister Bay. There is a almost dead proposal for one in Sturgeon Bay. And then there was that boutique hotel on Mill Road that was built. That's it. Unless I'm missing something, those are all the hotels that have been built in the last at least 10 years in Door County. Beyond that, you got to go back to like the late 90s, early 2000s. And it's kind of funny because everyone's up in arms on these. And even like the Marina View condo, that's a 12-unit condominium. It's pretty small. Go and stand in front of Marina View condominiums and then turn yourself 180 degrees. And you're going to be looking at 60 to 70 units at the Sister Bay Yacht Club that are all roughly the same size buildings. Maybe they're a little shorter, but they're very similar to the Marina View. Look up on the bluff, and you're going to see dozens of condominiums that are up there in those trees. And if you walk down the street a little farther back, you're going to see Pheasant Park. Or up the road, you're going to see Scandinavian Lodge and Birchwood. All of those are much bigger than, say, Marina View or these proposed condominiums on the top of the hill or the Door Hotel. And we're kind of in a golden era of control in Door County in terms of like 
managing development in most communities. Like there actually isn't a lot of massive development. There's not a lot of net new construction in Door County, except for largely like cottages turning into McMansions. But other than that, there really hasn't been a lot. So as much as people want to slam the communities and the locals for letting things happen, there really isn't all that much happening when it comes to like large scale development. So, Miles, why don't we take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to wrap up our discussion on the proposals for these condos in Sister Bay, uh, and then I want to dig into the Door Hotel a little bit because there have been some updates on that. Uh, So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back shortly. The podcast this week is brought to you by Brilliant Marketing Communications. Introducing Brilliant Sound Sessions, a free discussion series casually facilitated by the folks at Brilliant Marketing Communication. Locals can share ideas and get advice on marketing from each other and professionals. Brilliant Sound Sessions will take place the second Tuesday of every month at the Brilliant Marketing Communication Office in Sturgeon Bay. Kit Coffee Roasters are kicking in the coffee, and space is limited, so please RSVP. Details at brilliantmktg.com or on Facebook. Listen, exchange, grow together, drink free coffee. Okay, we are back. So, Miles, we talked about the uh, Casperson property and the top of the hill proposed condos. Where do both of those sit in the process at this point? So there is a meeting on, if I have this date right, I think it's September 16th. There's a special board meeting for the Village of Sister Bay. That is when those condos on the top of the hill will come before the, the board to make some refinements to that. And they're going to have to come forward with site plans and more detailed plans. So if anybody from Facebook, who is a frequent commenter on Facebook, you know who you are, go to that meeting. Get off the book, go to the meeting, and chime in. And see it for yourself. I'm not saying this is good or bad. Like I said, I would do a lot of things if I were the village to try and push this in a certain direction. But people need to show up if they want to at least have some influence on how that shakes out. Right. Door County is a small local community. And when big changes are proposed, you should definitely get out in front of the people who are making these decisions. And you should make sure that your voice is heard. That's one of the big things that I want to try to promote as often as we possibly can on the podcast, because my big belief is that we should try to provide as much context as we can for these big things that are happening. The next step would be, now that you have some more context, go out and make your voice heard, because everybody, doesn't matter who you are, if you live here, you've got an opinion on all of this stuff. Go out and make it heard. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised what your voice can do and what it can mean. And even talking to the person actually developing the property can go a long way. I mean, Yes, there are some jerks who are just going to do it their way and just try and ramrod something through. There are plenty of those. But there are also plenty of people who are like, I love Door County. I'm going to own one of these condos. I don't want everybody to hate this building I built. And if there's ways to have a middle ground or at least make it a little bit better, a lot of them will do those things if it still allows them to have a profitable endeavor. And the Casperson property, where is that in the process? My hunch is that that's going to go back to the drawing board because the plan commission was not very receptive to the ideas of it going to a planned unit development. And basically what he threw out there did not meet a lot of their requirements to go as high as he wanted to go, which was four stories. Their requirements say you have to have retail on the first floor. And he was proposing not having that. So that's kind of a non-starter right off the bat. So... What you just mentioned there, I think, is a great bridge to our next topic, that you need retail on the bottom of a four-story property. That is not necessarily the case with the Door Hotel, which is another four-story development that was originally planning to have retail all throughout the first floor, but over 
the last year and a half or so has whittled some of those requirements down to the minimum. And we had talked about the Door Hotel back when it was first kind of proposed, and there was a lot of discussion online about it. We tried to provide a bunch of context and, and break down what the development was and what it wasn't. Uh, but things have changed a lot over the last year and a half, and, and we may have, you know, poked at the story here and there, just kind of updating things. But let's talk about how that journey has gone. Let's start back at the beginning. It's a big hotel. It's planned for the area right next to CHOP. It was originally going to have four stories and a first floor full of retail. How has that changed over the last year and a half? In addition to that, the first floor of retail, they were also going to have a couple of retail buildings on the highway separate from the hotel, kind of in front right alongside the road. The plan, the first iteration got pushed back from the plan commission, came back with a new design, made some concessions to the plan commission. But then Chris Schmeltz is the lead developer on this project. As he was looking to break ground last fall, he, he did not, obviously, and said that construction costs had made it untenable to build as he originally planned. Costs had risen by as much as 30%, he said. So he had asked for a concession to eliminate the retail on the first floor to make it all hotel suites. The village pushed back and eventually gave a concession through kind of a loophole in their zoning codes where they allowed him to do four more hotel units and have two residential units down there. And if you do the math, if you're saying, you can very quickly see that that brings in like an extra $100,000 a year in revenue at some pretty basic occupancy rates and pretty standard nightly rates for hotel units in Door County. Odds are, I mean, my prediction would be like, if this thing gets built, he's probably going to have maybe not the highest occupancy rates year-round in the county, but it'll be up there. It's going to be a prime location. It seems like everyone wants to be in Sister Bay right now. There are people who say that nobody's going to want to stay downtown by all the people and all the noise, but that doesn't seem to be stopping anyone in most other towns. Right. Well, Sister and, Bay is the only town that doesn't have a downtown hotel, I believe, in Northern Door. Yeah, yeah. and that, that would be my first pick, too. I mean, if I wanted to stay up here in Door County, I'd want to stay right in the middle of Sister Bay, where I know that I can walk to live music and restaurants and anything that I would want right there. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a no-brainer in that way. Yeah, I had friends stay in a downtown condo a couple of weeks ago, hung out with them a little bit, and I'm thinking, this is pretty nice to just wake up and stumble down to breakfast and grab a cup of coffee and later on just go to the beach and grab dinner somewhere and have a few drinks and never have to hop in my car or maybe just hop on that shuttle. It's right. pretty nice. It's pretty gravy. So I think they would, you're probably going to do really well, which is one argument for the village not, spending its rules too much for the guy. But he said they can't get it off the ground without some of these things to drive more revenue. The Door County Economic Development Corporation went out and found some different grant opportunities. That's their job. They got to go out and find out what are ways we can spur economic development in Door County. They found a grant from the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation that gives up to $250,000 for job-creating enterprises. The Door Hotel qualified. They fill out an application. They went to the village of Sister Bay and... To submit this application, you have to have a sign-off from the village, the municipality where you want to build it. Basically, it's a show of support, like, yes, we do like this project. So they got the sign-off from the village. So it's not like the village said, we're trying to give you a quarter million dollars, or we're filling out this application for you. They just said, hey, this is a project we've already approved. It fits all of our codes. Yes, we'd be stupid to not sign off to try and help this guy get money from somebody else. So... I know a lot of people were up in arms. They thought the village gave him money. They thought that the village was proactively like choosing this business over another. 
they're basically dealing with if I had a hot dog shack in Sister Bay and the village had approved it, and then I said, hey, I, I found a place that's going to be 10 grand to buy my hot dog shack. All I need is for you guys to sign this piece of paper. It'd be ludicrous for them not to sign it. So I don't right. really think they had a choice. It would be really stupid to not do that. So that's where it stands now. They're waiting word on whether or not they're going to get that grant. And when I say they, I'm talking about the developers. They have until September 30th to execute their option to purchase that property. If they don't, goes back to the village's hands and that development is dead. They have extended that deadline in the past. Uh, I'm not sure that the village would be too keen on extending it again and stringing this along, although they've let themselves be strung along by Keith Garrett, Al Goki, and Schmeltz in the past. So, so Miles, if the Door Hotel uh, does not make it to its deadline and the property goes back to the village, what's your first pick? Mine's a skate park. <laughs> <laughs> That would not bring in a lot of revenue. Yeah, but it'd be so cool. And it would cost $500,000 to build it. So it would cost no, the village... You, no. You, I could build one in my backyard for like a thousand bucks. Fortunately for us, I've actually done a lot of research on skate parks. <laughs> and Nice. I'm you, ready. You cannot build a viable skate park by just throwing down concrete. A backyard swimming pool does not make a great long-term skate park solution. The one in Sturgeon Bay, I believe, was... And forgive me if I have my facts wrong, but I believe it was in the $400,000 to $500,000 range to build that skate park. There are only two really great skate park builders. Maybe there's more now, but as of a few years ago, there were really only two. So they can charge a high rate and they come to travel around the country building these skate parks. So if you're going to build it, you don't build a piece of crap because then they fall apart and they never get used. This is a whole nother podcast that we can do about everything you know about skate parks now. Yeah, it's believe me, I, I did a deep dive like 12, 13 years ago when we were trying to build one in Sister Bay and the economics weren't great. But then at the same time, we actually thought it could work. But then when a stronger group and a stronger support group wanted to do one in Sturgeon Bay, it just kind of the efforts all went there and they built one. And they, from the skaters I talked to, it's a great one. Okay, my second choice would be an arcade bar. That could work. Be careful. I can't remember if Arcade Bar is trademarked or not. Barcade so I don't even, is. Barcade. barcade. Okay, so we can't say Barcade. Just bleep that out now. Yeah. Um, by a, a company that's kind of ridiculous and trademarks a word like that. Yeah. What would I want to see down there? I mean, if I had my perfect pick, I'd say like a smaller scale hotel would be great. If the money worked out, I think something, maybe take the door hotel plan and knock it down 20% in size. I think would be pretty well approved by most people except those who think that that spot should be a park, which no part of the economic development plan for the village of Sister Bay that got us the waterfront park ever called for that to be a park because it would be stupid to use that as a park and not the beach. But I would think like a small-scale hotel would bring in a lot of revenue, more guests, and fill that void, and then you have at least like a couple of retail units down there. I actually do question some of the zoning laws that call for like all retail on the first floor because really how much successful retail can you have in a town anymore with the way that Amazon and other online retailers have chipped away at brick and mortar retail. If you walk around any major city, they all have that same requirement. And what you find on the first floor of most places is empty storefronts. Yeah. So you have a lot of unused property that could be going to a different use. In fact, most of the new condominiums and in, in buildings in Chicago that you see, if they have something on the first floor, it might be a coffee shop and it might be a dry cleaner. Tons of dry cleaners fill those spaces because you can get the rent really cheap and they got to get something in there. Right. Third choice, big wooden tower. 
Yeah, I would say like Eagle Tower, just build it right there. Yeah. Private Tower. That'd be good. <laughs> All right, Miles, I think that that's just about going to do it for us this week. Uh, we definitely have more news that we're going to break into on Friday. Uh, so I look forward to chatting with you then and trying to catch up on all of the cool stuff that's been going on in Door County. Yeah, there's no shortage. Maybe we'll talk about the seasonal housing proposal. Maybe we'll talk about the fall Door County Living magazine, which is out right now, which has some awesome stories in it, if you see that around the county. And uh, yeah, there's they keep it coming in Door County. For more Door County news, interviews, and exclusive content, check us out at doorcountypulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse available every Friday. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast to get new episodes delivered straight to your device twice a week. Thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Pulse.